Good morning, One Church. I tell you, it has been a unique morning around here. You heard Ryan and some of the folks talking about we've had fire alarms going off because of faulty sensors. So if I'm speaking and you hear an alarm going off, it's not Jesus. Um, it's just a fire alarm, so nothing to be worried about. Today, we're in the smack dab in the middle of our series entitled Five Ways to Wreck Your Life. And uh, what we've been doing is we've been looking uh, at the book of Ecclesiastes found in the Old Testament. This was written by a guy by the name of Solomon, who was the wisest man who ever lived. Um, the Bible calls him the wisest man who ever lived. He had a lot of wonderful wisdoms and sayings. He wrote Proverbs. He wrote Song of Solomon. When he gets to the end of his life, he writes Ecclesiastes. And basically the thrust of Ecclesiastes is, don't make the same mistakes that I made. Don't wreck your life the way I wrecked my life. First week we looked at how Solomon tried to take pleasure and uh, he tried fixing this pleasure and focusing on pleasure and how this pleasure was like a square peg in a round hole in his life. That all of us have this God-shaped hole in our lives and he was trying to shove pleasure into that and it just didn't fit. And he spent years of his life wasting away, going to parties, going from one addiction to another addiction, um, all of this stuff going from one bed to another bed, and it never really gave him fulfillment. It never gave him, he never felt like a success. The last week we talked about how we can ruin our life by going after the world's definition of success. Last week we looked at how many of us, we throw our lives into our work and we become workaholics and we climb up success ladder only to find out that once we get to the top, this, the ladder of success is leaning against the wrong building. And by many times, by then, it's too late to do anything about it. Our children have paid the price. Our families have paid the price. Our health has paid the price. And ultimately, if we try to take the success model and try to fit that into God's, the God-sized hole in our hearts, it will not fit. Now today, I'm just going to go ahead and be honest with you. I am going to do as much as I can to convince you to be able to make a next step on what we're talking about today. In fact, today is really one of the most important times in our church because four times a year we talk about community here at One Church. Four times a year, we give people options of being able to get into a community group at one church. And today, we're going to be looking at how, in the life of Solomon, that one of the ways that you can wreck your life is just by doing it alone. Just by isolating yourself. Just by saying, you know what, I can do it myself. How many of y'all have had preschoolers or have preschoolers? Right? I mean, I love preschoolers because they think, and they love this little phrase, I can do it what? By myself. I don't need any help, right? I mean, that's, and, and, and as, a, as, a, as a young person, as a preschooler, that's a very popular thing. It's a very positive thing. But yet, when we grow up and we hear Celine Dion singing, Oh, by myself, it's a kind of a bummer type of thing, isn't it? Right? I mean, it's just like, wow, I'm all by myself. And you know, one of the things, and you may have heard this little saying, is that it's lonely at the top. We talked about success last week, and many times successful people, yes, they become a success in worldly things, but they realize 
it's all not because they have no one to share it with. They may have plasmas and they may have all the bling and all the technology stuff, but the one thing that they don't have in their house is contentment and laughter and friendships and fellowships. Because you can build a really big home and then not have any friends to be able to fill that home with. That's what we're looking at today. And this whole idea that we can do it by ourselves is really a farce. I mean, if you think about it, nothing in the world has been accomplished by one's lonesome self. And I, You can think, well, you know what? Um, this person invented that, Edison. Well, yeah, Edison, he discovered electricity and all that stuff, but he had a team of people working on it. Walt Disney had a team of people who were able to do cartoons and able to do uh, stenciling and pencils. Everybody, I mean, Batman has what? Robin. Long Ranger has what? Who do you have? You see, okay, there you go. Now you're preaching, all right? You got your wife. That's exactly right. But, and here's one of the things, and this is what I'm going to be talking about from my experience. What happens when you have a fight with your wife? Who do you go to then? Because, you know, like my wife and I, we got a great relationship. We're celebrating. Hang on. Uh, no, no, no. I'm thinking of this next year. So I think it's 19 years. I'm trying to do the math here. So 19 years of marriage this year, which is really, really cool. Thank you, baby. Um, <clears throat> but what happens when you have struggles? What happens, guys, when you're having problems at work? Do you have another guy that you can talk to? When you're having issues at home, ladies, do you have another girlfriend that you can talk to? When, you, when your kids are driving you up the wall, do you have somebody that you can lean on and rely on? That's what we're talking about. Now, that's why I want to talk about with Solomon because Solomon, now here's the thing, you would think Solomon wouldn't be lonely because I've talked about this before. Solomon had, he had 300 wives and 700 mistresses, all right? That's 1,000 women for those who grew up in public school, <clears throat> all right? Now, here's the thing about that. You would think, well, Solomon, Solomon's lonely? Absolutely, absolutely, because you can have all kinds of people around you and still be really lonely and not be connected. In fact, some of you, how many of y'all on Facebook? Let me see your hands, all right? How many of y'all got more than five friends on Facebook? All right, cool, that's the majority of us, right? But when something happens in the middle of the night, and if you had to call on somebody, think about this, would you have five people that you could call on at three o'clock in the morning? You see, it's easy to have a thousand Facebook friends and hundreds of people following you on Twitter and a lot of people reading your blog, but that's a whole lot different than being connected and finding true friendships and real connection. Uh, the book that we're looking at, Ecclesiastes, but we're also looking at another book by Dr. Henry Cloud, and it's called The Law of Happiness. And we're selling that out on our resource table. Let me give you some quotes that Dr. Henry Cloud says about this. The value of connectedness and close relationships is one of the most proven by research. We know more about the value of connection and the destructiveness of isolation than just about anything else. Tons of research shows that when people have strong support systems where they are processing their needs, their feelings, their fears, and so forth, they are physically healthier with stronger immune systems and less illnesses. When they do need medical attention, they respond to treatment much better 
if they have connectedness. Emotionally healthier with less stress, depression, and anxiety when they have friendships. They're more likely to reach their attempts to change their lives and more able to reach their goals and on and on and on. The benefits of not being in isolation and finding yourself in community is, is, is multifaceted research over literally hundreds of years. And in fact, if we look back at Ecclesiastes chapter 4, even thousands of years, because Solomon did his own research. And this is what he says in Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 7. If you have your Bibles, you can turn with me. If you have version, you can follow us there. It says this, I observed yet another example of something, what is that next word? Meaningless under the sun. Now we talked about what the word meaningless in the Hebrew is. It's, it's havel, and it means a vapor, popping a soap bubble, chasing of the wind, um, all kinds of stuff. This is the case of a man who is all alone, without a child or a brother, yet works hard to gain as much wealth as, we, as he can. We talked about that last week, success. But then he asked himself. Now, quick question. Why is he asking himself? Answer. Because there's nobody else that he can ask. There's nobody around this guy. He is alone. Who am I working for? Why am I giving up so much pleasure now? It is also meaningless and depressing. You know, when we look around and we see people who are climbing up success ladder and, the, and, the, and the, the more they climb up to the apex of success and they get to the top of the pyramid, there isn't any room for anyone else except for one at the top of the pyramid. And that is meaningless. That's not true success. That is isolation. So, here's what he concludes. Verse 9. Two people are better off than one, for they can help each other succeed. If one person falls, the other can reach out and help. But someone who falls alone is in real trouble. Likewise, two people lying close together can keep each other warm. But how can one be warm alone? A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated. But two can stand back to back and conquer. Three, they're even better, for a triple-braided cord is not easily broken. We're going to come back and we're going to break this, these scriptures down a little bit later. But really, I just want to say that all of us, we flourish when we're connected with other people. We're, we're all Legos. How many of y'all used to play with Legos growing up? My kids still play with Legos, all right? Those jokers have went up in price, by the way. Dead gum, all right? But my, I, my son, Jed, my middle son, he got all A's and B's this past uh, time. He brought up every subject, a, a letter grade, which was cool. So I said, I'm going to buy you a Star Wars Lego set. And I'm thinking, wow, I'll be, maybe be able to get him the Millennium Falcon or something like that. And I looked at the price, and I'm like, I think I'm just going to get you a figure, dude. Um, a little Lego figure. So, But you know what? We're all like Lego pieces. Lego piece, a Lego piece by itself. It's made not to be by itself. It's made to have those holes and the bumps to connect with other people. That's how you and I are. All right? Again, research. I'm going to read from this, uh, uh, the Law of Happiness book. Listen to this. Emotionally, isolated people are more prone to, to depression, anxiety, low self-esteem, substance abuse, sexual addiction, and eating and sleep disorders. 
people who are socially disconnected are between two to five two to five times more likely to die in any cause than those who have close ties to family, friends, and other relationships. Now, this next one, you're going to like it. In fact, people who have bad health habits like smoking, elevated blood pressure, and no physical activity, and yet have strong friendships, they live longer than people who have great health habits and exercise regularly but are disconnected. Okay, let me put this in just terms you're not going to understand. You can exercise all you want, but if you're exercising and you, by yourself and you have no relationships with people, you are going to die sooner than somebody who is a couch potato eating potato chips with a vacuum cleaning off their stomach while pushing through Oprah. Y'all hear me on that? I mean, that is crazy. In fact, Winston Churchill, I wasn't going to bring this up. It's a great quote. Somebody asked Winston Churchill. Y'all remember Winston Churchill? I mean, he was the prime minister of Great Britain in World War II. He smoked those big, fat cigars, and he chewed on them all the time. And somebody asked him, what type of exercise do you get? And in his old gruff voice, he said, dear sir, the only exercise I get is being a pallbearer to all of my friends who exercise. (laughs) Oh, wow. Thank you, Winston Churchill. Do live to be 90. And the guy had the stresses of the entire world on his shoulders. Now, again, I'm not saying don't exercise. That's not, that's not the big idea of this message. The big idea is you got to get connected. you got to get involved in meaningful relationships. Look at this. Uh, Proverbs 18. I love how this. Proverbs 18.1 says this. Loners who care only for themselves spit on the common good. Now let me explain what this means. Is not only when you isolate yourself, you not only hurt yourself, but you hurt other people. And what I mean by that is this. When many of you, because we're created to connect, if you got connected with other people, you would love, you would help other people, but because you're being a loner, you're spitting on the common good. You're not being a help to other people. You've cheated other people out about the goodness that you could give them. That is amazing. I saw an expose on the other night on a 102-year-old doctor who still practices medicine five days a week. Um, he sits on the uh, National Board of Arthritis Foundation. He still plays uh, a violin daily. He has w- amazing dexterity. And again, one of the, uh, the guy doing the interview asked him this. Asked him about one of the keys to long living because he was 102. All right? This is what he says this. The, the old doctor says, I can tell you this. Exercise is vastly overrated. And then his wife of 70 years walks in. He takes her hand, and this is what he says. Just find someone to love. Get some friends around you and give yourself away to them. You see, what this doctor is saying, yes, exercise, yes, eat healthy, eat all that, but there's something more. Your body feeds, your soul feeds on relationships with other people. Now, some of you, your your pushback is this. Okay, Chris, that works for you. You're an extrovert. You like people. But I'm telling you, it doesn't matter if you're an extrovert or an introvert. God has made us all to connect with other people. Let's break down Ecclesiastes 7, uh, 4, 7, and 8. It says this, I observed another example of something meaningless under the sun. It's the case of a man who is all alone, who works hard to gain as much wealth as he can. All right? Now, meaningless. We talked about that. And this is where I want to land on our big idea today. 
Life is full of meaning when we do life together with others. In fact, let's all say this out loud, can we? Life is full of meaning when we do life together with others. Now, I could have just said life is meaningful, but I like this full of meaning. Because if you think about it, the entire book of Ecclesiastes, he's talking about meaning less. Less. There is no meaning. It's less of it. But I'm saying, no, no, we need to have more meaning. We need to have full of meaning. And we can only find our purpose in life when we're connected to God and we're connected to other people. That is key. Life will begin to make more sense. Ecclesiastes 4.9 Two people are better off than one, for they can help each other succeed. Now Solomon is talking about friendships. Solomon is saying you're going to be better off with someone and failing being better off with someone than succeeding in being alone. You hear what I'm saying on that? Let me say it a different way. You would be better off being a big, nappy failure and having a bunch of friends around you than being a success and have no one around you. That's what he's saying. That if you want to find meaning in life, it only comes through healthy relationships. Two people are better off than one for they can help each other succeed. Let me tell you, and, and this is a huge thing in my, those people who know me know this about me. Getting there and all of us getting there together is a big deal. There's something about me that I can experience, I mean, beautiful scenery. I could go to the Taj Mahal and experience it, but it's not an experience if I experience it by myself. You know, one of the things I love doing as a staff is we like taking trips. And two or three times a year, we'll go. And we usually go to Atlanta, but this last time in October, uh, my dad works for the airlines. And uh, uh, he got us buddy passes, like non-rev passes. Anybody ever flown non-rev? All right. That can be a really good thing or it can be a very horrific thing. Because uh, I've been stuck literally for a week at an airport before. All right. Not a good thing. All right. Um, And uh, so, but we decided, you know what, we're going to chance it. And uh, uh, Ryan and Josh and myself, we flew up to Chicago and it was so much fun. We had a great time, and I learned some good stuff at this conference we went to, this church conference. But the thing I liked most about it is us just being together because half the fun is just getting there, right? I mean, Ryan and I, we went on the plane. Josh got bumped off that first plane. And I'm like, oh. So Ryan was laughing at him, you know. And and I was there praying for Joshua. I was. All right. And Joshua, he, he met up with us about an hour, hour and a half later. And, but I'm telling you, just half the fun is just get, it's being with one another. I tell you, when you do life alone, it's not very rewarding. It's not very rewarding. Now, at one church, I'm just going to tell you, how we do relationships, how we do community is through something called communion groups. And right now, I'm going to ask one of my best friends in the world, Mike Byer, to come out. So, Mike, if you would go ahead and come out. Y'all welcome, Mike Byer, if you will. Why don't you grab that mic back there, Mike? Mike, grab it, Mike. And uh, I tell you, Mike and I, we're going to converse because uh, uh, one of the first small groups, not, it's on, Sparky. Um, Probably my second or third small group I got in, um, 
Mike was in that communion group with me, and it was a really good time. So uh, I just want to be able to ask you some questions. In fact, if you want to throw my number up on the screen, if you guys have any questions for me and Mike uh, that we can answer, we'd love to be able to do that. So, um, so Mike, tell me, uh, when, before you got in that communion group, you've heard us talk about communion groups here at One Church before. Uh, what was one of the biggest struggles for you, not, maybe excuses, not wanting to get into a communion group? I think for uh, for Michelle and I, that the, well, I should probably speak for myself. Oh yeah, you know that usually gets me into trouble <laughs> when I start a sentence like that. Um, it was just getting, uh, I think, just getting out of our shell, and uh, you know, being in the army, so many times we're taught to compartmentalize and and you know keep things inside, <laughs> and uh, so that was probably that, probably the fear of just meeting new people and uh, you know establishing relationships because you know army, you know how it is. It's uh, the majority of you. Uh, you know, you get friends, you have friends, and then you PCS, and and you just leave, you know, so it's a little tough. So I think that's probably the biggest obstacles for us. Mm. Okay, all right. Um, when you got, when you decided to take that step and you to join a community group, and I know it was a little weird because you got into mine, and I apologize. Um, that, that was weird. <laughs> but what some of the things, what were some of the things that you enjoyed out of that first group, maybe that you got that you weren't expecting? Oh, uh, well, we got a lot of opportunities to laugh at Chris. That was probably uh, one of the better parts of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but just being, honestly, just being around people, I think God really changed our hearts. Um, uh, you know, for the longest time, we, we thought that, uh, you know, we've got each other, we've got family, we're good. We don't, uh, you know, we don't, we don't really need a lot of friends. And um, I think God, you know, God was really speaking to us um, you know, and I kind of related it to, you know, solitary confinement. You know, I don't know if any of you ever been in jail. Uh, Josh probably can relate to this. But, uh, um, you know, when you're all alone, I mean, you know, you see you guys getting put in the box and they, you know, they go crazy in there. And I think that's just a, you know, that's just a testimony of what, you know, God created us for. He created us to, to uh, have relationships. Mm-hmm. And uh, for me, that was probably uh, one of the biggest eye-openers and something I really appreciated, uh, just having friends to hang out with and, and people to talk to because uh, we definitely went through a lot of, uh, you know, ups and downs and challenges throughout that year. So Absolutely. We're going to talk about it in a sec. Um, you know, one of the things it's, it's interesting to know is what communion groups are and what they're not. Mm-hmm. You know, they're not, they're not a support group, um, but, w- you know, we, we all give each other support. You know, it's not like a seminary class where, you know, you're having to go through the Hebrew and the Greek and you don't feel like if you don't know enough Bible, you can't get in there. It's not any of that, but we do center on the Bible. Um, you know, it's not a social club, but we do have some fun. You know, one of the things that we talk about community groups is we, in every community group, and especially every night, we want them to center around three things. We want Bible study to be the center of it, prayer to be the center of it, and then fellowship. And that's just a churchy Baptist word of saying we like eating and having a good time. So um, anyway, now you talked about, um, in fact, I'm going to go ahead and hit some of these questions. Um, what, if, uh, what if I don't connect with anybody in my group? You want to a- answer anything that, or maybe I can answer that? Um, you know, that's, that's just one of, the, one of the challenges of life, I think, uh, and just being around people. Um, you know, sometimes you're going you're gonna to be around people that, you know, you, you may not dislike them, but you just don't have things in common. Uh, one of the great things about groups is you can, uh, you know, the first six weeks of a group, that's, that's kind of like the dating phase almost, you know. So if, uh, you know, things don't work out, you can go at the end of that six weeks and get into another community group, you know, mm-hmm. try another one out. It's mm-hmm. not really like speed dating or anything like that because uh, it's six weeks. Mm-hmm. But... Uh, <laughs> 
you know, those, those opportunities are there. Um, and, uh, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a pretty good system. Uh, so That's actually a great point. I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. You know, we're doing a group link today. And when you get into that group, let's say you sign up for a group and it's like, when you sign up and you go the first night and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm a little worried about this group. Well, the cool thing about it is you can try it out for six weeks. And if you don't like it, you can, of course, not go any longer. And we, do, we try to do a group link about every eight weeks. So we're going to do one now, January the 15th, and we're going to do another one in April. And then we do one in August. And then after about eight weeks after that, we do one the first Sunday in October. So it's, it's not this thing where, you know, you get into a group and it's just like, oh, my gosh, I have to stay there for years. Now, here's the thing. All of our groups, right now, we, we have them on a, on a 12-month life cycle. So after the 12 months, that one group becomes two groups. And again, if you have somebody in there that just, you know, grates on your nerves, you can maybe get into a different group. Now, if it's your wife, it's probably not going to happen. All right? So anyway. Uh, That's probably good news for Rob. He, uh, well, Rob actually just texted me and told me to smack you. So anyway. <clears throat> Rob, you know what's going to happen at group now, buddy. Uh, how, do, uh, how do you open up to people and get rid of the barrier? Now, this is a great question. In fact, I just want to say this. You know, some of the things that Mike and I are getting ready to talk about, um, you and I have been friends for how long? Three years. Three years, okay. Uh, that's when we started uh, community together. And uh, he knows when I'm going through a funk, and I know when he's going through a funk. Let me tell you, it didn't start out like that. You know, and this is a great question because, you know, how do you get through the barrier? Well, you know, friendships in community, it's like walking on the beach into the ocean. It's a gradual, you're gradually getting deeper. You can't go, like some of you are going to sign up for group tonight. You're going to think, wow, tonight we're all going to bear our souls and people are going to talk about addictions and abuse. And, you know, if you started out like that, it's not gonna. It's gonna. It's not probably gonna go well for you, okay? Because people just don't naturally go, right? It takes time for you to build relationships. So I tell you, the answer to this question, it's just gonna take time. It's gonna take time and trust, and that and that's a huge thing. You know, if if you don't mind sh- um, uh, sharing about this, when you and I we when we got into community group together, um, you were struggling through some stuff. You were having some medical issues, and uh, let's don't tell the tagline about this, but kind of talk a little bit about what was, you know, what was happening and, and some of the frustration that you might have had during that time. Just, yeah, just trying to answers and, and just the health stuff and all this stuff. Uh, yeah, I had, uh, long story short, I had started experiencing things when I was in Afghanistan, uh, kind of some neurological issues that uh, were just really puzzling. Um, and uh, just being in the group, uh, and being able to share that with people. Let me, let me kind of, something you talk about that I, you know, a lesson learned for me. Um, you know, when you don't open up and you don't talk to people uh, and you keep that in, it's, it's like you've got something to hide all the time. Uh, you know, and you just, it just builds up and it's like pressure. You know, you shake up a soda can and eventually it's going to blow, right? Um, so for me, I think one thing that God really, really showed me through being in a group and going through those issues is that, you know what, if I just, if I just put it out there and I tell people about it, what I'm going through, and I'd be honest and sincere about what I'm talking about, then that takes that pressure off of me. I don't have to feel like I'm, uh, you know, sitting around in group and, you know, and everybody's looking at me and just making assumptions of what's going on. Uh, so that was really a big, uh, a big lesson for me. Um, I don't Absolutely. know how much you want me to keep uh, going. I, 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 in fact, I'll say this. Um, 
you know, he was trying to, he had some stuff going on physically he was trying to get some answers for, and it was a long road coming, you trying to find answers for that. And uh, um, finally, he was able to get those answers. And um, uh, I'll tell you, um, he asked me, he says, would you mind coming to Vanderbilt with me? And I said, sure. And uh, he went up to Vanderbilt, and I sat in the waiting area, and, uh, and they took Mike back, and you got some, you got some news. You mind sharing about that? Uh, you know, of course, it took like two and a half years of going through, uh, you know, tests and poking and prodding. But uh, uh, in March, I was diagnosed with Parkinson's disease, uh, and that was uh, that was pretty tough. Yeah, yeah. But um, you know, I think um, you know if I didn't, if I wasn't in community groups and I wasn't involved, uh, and I hadn't grown spiritually and learned some of these lessons. Uh, <laughs> I don't know, honestly, where I'd be uh, mentally, physically. That was definitely, uh, you know, I think I remember coming out, you know, and of course, you know, I, I'm like a big baby now that I, you know, turned 40, I guess. But uh, uh, I don't know, it's allergies or something. But, you know, <laughs> um, you know, I remember coming out and, you know, I, of course, I was, you know, I was pretty shaken up, but uh I felt like this was just a big weight lifted off of me because I finally knew, you know. I mean, the doctor was like, uh, he's like, hey, you know, you okay? This is some bad news. Are you all right? And I'm like, yeah, man, this is great. You know, he couldn't understand why I was happy. But I think a, a lot of how I felt was, was simply because of the support system uh, that I had. And, you know, again, Chris says it's not a support group. But you know what? It's like, it's like family, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like being around people that, you know, really care for you and are concerned about you. And, uh you know, before before groups, you know, Michelle and I we didn't we didn't have that, uh, and life was life was tough. But uh, I think it's really not only helped us spiritually, but it's helped us uh, in our marriage and and uh, just relationships in general. So. And let me tell you, it's not just helped you; it's helped me. I mean, well, I'll tell you one of the things that that I got out of Mike coming out of that doctor's appointment, and he comes out, he says, "You know what? I got Parkinson's," and I immediately just started getting allergies as well. Um, <laughs> It's going around. <laughs> it is going around. Um, I just started crying. I just started bawling. I'm just, man, I'm shaking my head. And uh, he says, Chris, it's going to be okay. And I remember him saying, and we sing the song here, You Never Let Go. And it's based on a couple of verses from the book of Job. But, you know, he said this, you know, the Lord gives and the Lord takes. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And I'm kind of, my mouth is open looking at Mike, and I'm the one who's supposed to be encouraging him, right? That's the reason why Michelle asked me to go. I'm crying like a girl, and he—he he was, and and, and, he, and he's preaching to me. And I got to be honest with you, for me, group is a place where I can take off the pastor hat and drop that, and I can just be real with Mike, and I can be real with other people in my community group. I think Mike almost every week he texts me, hey. What you're reading. What you're reading out of the Bible. I text him, what you're reading. And there's some days that I have to say, man, I hadn't read nothing, dude. I hadn't read nothing in a week. And what do you do? You know, we, we both have said this to each other, you know, especially when we're like, yeah, I'm just having a bad week uh, or, you know, bad couple weeks. And uh, the first thing we probably ask each other, well, well have you been reading? Uh, you know, and the answer to that normally is, yeah, you know, I haven't picked up, you know, my Bible in about five days. So, mm-hmm. uh, of course, you know, that's the light going off over your head, ding, ding. but, uh, 
you know, that's, a, that's another thing. It's just, man, you, just, you can't do life alone. Um, you know, life, life is just about relationships. It's about, uh, I mean, that's how God created us. And, uh, you know, when we're, not, when we're not seeking that, not only relationship with God, but with each other. Uh, I mean, uh, truthfully, this may sound harsh, but I don't think we're really doing God's will, um, you know, when we're not doing that. Uh, and it, you know, it, it hurts us and it hurts the others that we don't, uh, ever develop a relationship with. Mm-hmm, absolutely. You know, I got a couple more. Um, I did have a rest of a sermon I was going to preach, but we're not going to have enough time. I think that's okay. Are y'all okay with that? <coughs> I kind of like the way my voice sounds. I do. I like the way your voice sounds too. Um, listen to this, uh, I'll read you a couple of things. Do you mind just staying out here with me and, and we'll close it together? My first day at small group, I begged my husband to turn the car around. I was terrified. That day was life-alerting, and I later found lifelong friends and connections to the Lord I would not have otherwise found. Thanks, One Church, and thanks, Mike. I don't know who wrote that, but um, I do. Uh, anyway, um, this is uh, from a friend of mine who's in my current community group, and this is to you, Mike. Have you felt closer to God since being in a community group? In what ways? Absolutely. You know, that, that's the answer to that question. Um, you know, like I said earlier, so, for so long I felt, well, I can do this. I can do this by myself. I got God. Me and God, we can handle this. And, uh, you know, I was always seemed like I was waiting around for God to tell me something, you know, and I wasn't always hearing it. Uh, and I think part of that is, is because God not only, you know, speaks to us through, through his word and uh, uh, things like that, but he also speaks through other people and uh, the people he puts in our lives. And um, along with that, uh, along with that, the accountability, uh, like Chris talked about, um, you know, it's not like we, you know, we're beating each other up about it, you know, like we're the Bible police and we're going to make sure that, uh, you know, you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. Uh, but it's, you know, it's just looking out for each other. Uh, you know, it, it, it's really all I can say. It's, uh, the answer, again, is absolutely. It absolutely has got me closer to God. And, uh, yeah, it's amazing. I want to say this. You know, there's sometimes I go to group, number one, we both lead groups now. There's sometimes I, and we both lead groups on Sunday nights. Sometimes I don't want to go to group. I'll just be honest with you. I, it's been a long week. I don't want to be around people. All right? Um, and I don't know if you ever experienced that. Um, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so is that the right answer? You know, and, and, there's, and I'll be honest with you, sometimes I leave community group and I'm like, I don't think I learned anything. You know? Um, that is a normal occurrence. The, I think the thing you have to do is when you think about community groups and you think about relationships, you can't look at just one slice and say, you know what, it's not worth it because this, that happened this night and I didn't get anything out of it. I've got to be honest with you, as, as a preacher and as a teacher, um, a lot of times I gauge my effectiveness on what the sermon I just taught. And sometimes I'll, I'll walk off this stage and I'm like, oh, was awful. Really? And I'm like, I don't think I ever want to teach again. But the thing I have to do is I have to look over the broad spectrum and get a big picture thing. And you know what? Saying, you know what? Okay, God is doing some things. And it may not have happened this time, but God is doing some things. I think that's what we have to do with community group. We can't just look at the one night and go, oh, I'm never coming back. But we have to look at the, at the overarching friendships that we have. Were you going to say something? Yeah. Um, you know, another thing about groups is it's really taught me to... Uh, you know, I mean, we're always so judgmental about people, you know, and you talk about, you know, judging it off of one night. Um, 
you know, there's, we're all human and there's going to be nights where, uh, you know, you show up at group and, you know, somebody says something and it may hurt your feelings, uh, you know, or, uh, you know, Rob throws something at you and, um, yeah, hey, Rob. Uh, but, uh, you know, the, the fact of the matter is, is just, uh, being, being around everybody and just being real, um, especially when you get to that point in your group where, uh, you're starting to tell each other's story because what you find out and the amazing thing that we found out in our group was, man, how much do we have in common? Uh, it was just amazing. Uh, and, and once we did that, once we broke down all those barriers and, uh, everybody, you know, shared, uh, you know, a little bit of their past with, uh, with each other, uh, it really, really tightened up the group and it really established a lot Absolutely. of good friendships. So, you know, in every group, um, we want three things to happen. Uh, and we call them the ABCs of group life. Group life. It's accountability, belonging, and care. And what I was going to share with you, you guys can read later, but when you read Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verses 9 through 12, those three things are in there. There's accountability. You know, one of the things you told me a, a couple of years ago was having a battle buddy. And, you know, there's nothing apart, nothing of this body is military. All right? I would be like John Candy in stripes. Okay? Um, don't say nothing. Anyway, you can hold me accountable, but don't hold me accountable on the stage. Get it, wait till I get off of Anyway, um, but one of the things that, uh, that uh, Mike, you know, he says, you've got to have a battle buddy. You know, and that whole two people, you know, you can go back to back and you can fight. And that's one of the things that there's been some times, Mike and I have went through some, some difficult times, I would say this past year. And, and the thing of it is, uh, he's held me, he's uplifted me. Uh, I've been able to do the same for him and other people in those groups. It's huge belonging. You know, we need to have some type of belonging to something bigger than ourselves. And I'll be honest with you. If you're just coming to one church on Sunday mornings and you don't get into a communion group, I can promise you this. You won't be here long. You just won't. You just won't. And I want you to stick. I want you to stay. But if you're not involved in communion group in a place where somebody knows your name and knows your story and knows what you're struggling with, let me tell you, y'all, y'all, how many of y'all have seen like Animal Planet? Right? You get those wildebeest in herds, and when the wildebeest, when that one lone wildebeest starts straying from the herd, well, you know what you call that wildebeest? Lunch, dinner, whatever you call it. And let me tell you, there's something. When you get us alone, we're not made to be alone, are we? And the last one is care. You know, so many times, if somebody doesn't show up at one church, I'm, you know, I don't know everybody's name here. And sometimes if I, if I see somebody's name or, and if I know them and they don't show up, I'll give them a call. Sometimes, I, but that's care is not what's going to happen sitting in rows. It happens just in, in circles. So as we close today, and we're going to answer maybe one more question, and then I'm going to talk about group link. Um, and by the way, uh, this guy says, thanks for sharing, Mike. Um, your last ruha, your last charge, why should these people venture out and, and take the courage to be able to get into a group? You know, uh, just like that one text, you know, uh, said that uh, the individuals, you know, asking her husband to turn that car around. Um, I want to talk a little bit about that person. I, you know, I won't say her name, but, uh, you know, the first night that she came, she that's, a, that's the one thing she said. She said, I did not want to come here. You know, I begged my husband to turn that car around. And, uh, you know, she has just been a great, uh, you know, a great member in the group. Uh, always shares and is always there for everybody. And uh, I've really seen her grow a lot in her life. Um, and so she, that's not just one isolated story. I mean, that's happened to 
to many people here in the church. And, and the thing about it is, is it's like, you know, groups is kind of like a step. Uh, once you get into groups and you start establishing friends and relationships, uh, you know, it just leads to even uh, to more service for God, mm-hmm. basically. Um, and uh, it's, I don't know how to tell you other than, other than this, that if you're not doing it, uh, or even if you're hesitate, hesitating about joining a group, uh, you're really missing out. I mean, you, you are not getting the big picture of what God has in store for you. Um, you know, one last, one last comment on that. You know, Michelle and I talk about this all the time. You know, about four years ago, uh, you know, I, I could count all my friends on, on one finger. And uh, my, my great friend Dave Backus is sitting back there. He came up for the came down for the weekend, but he was my he was my be- he's still my best friend, and uh, we've known each other for like twenty five years or maybe longer. I don't know, but uh, you know, it wasn't until we got into the groups and established those relationships, we we are just amazed and at how blessed we are with how many friends we have, um, and it's really a good feeling. It's a good feeling to know that you've got so many people that you can reach out to and, and uh, socialize with and, and live life with. Um, and if you're not doing it, man, you, you're missing out. You're missing out on a big party, really are. Uh, I'm gonna, if you wouldn't mind, throw those six questions up on the screen, and we're going to close this way, guys. Um, there is, uh, there's some questions up here, that we're, and I'm, I was going to play a song, but we're not going to do that. I want you to just read these questions to yourself. And I want you to take this connectedness in inventory, and can you answer this? Do you have some true friends? So uh, you're, we're going to take about 30 seconds, and uh, in about the next 30 seconds, they're going to do the next three. And I want to just tell you what's going to be happening after the service. Stay here, Mike. Um, is, uh, we're going to close, and uh, we're going to do group link. And right now, we have three groups right now. We, we do them four times a year, all right? So we have uh, a new group starting uh, uh, on Sunday nights. We have another group that's adding folks on Sunday nights. And then we have a women's group that meets on Wednesday mornings. Now, is, if that doesn't work in your schedule, that's okay. We're going to do another group link in April, and that's cool. But I really would encourage you to talk about this and read these questions. And if you can't find some an- if you don't have some answers of people you can relate to, I would encourage you to go to group link. Now, there's one last thing. For some of you, if you're a guy, all right, we don't offer any men's groups at 10 o'clock, all right? Um, But one of the things that we are going to start doing is we're going to do for the next six weeks, starting on February the 1st, we're going to start doing a men's Bible study at the church offices at 6 in the morning. Now, um, we're going to try this, and and we're going to have a great time studying God's Word and asking each other questions. And if you're not in a communion group, and this is something you're interested in doing, uh, the first Wednesday in February, we're going to start this at 6 a.m. So I would encourage you, if you can do that and get away from PT and all that jazz, uh, to be able to come join us. So, all right, here's what I'm going to do is I'm going to pray for us. And um, uh, Ryan's going to come out, and uh, he's going to give us our announcements. We're going to take up the offering. And um, as soon as you leave, there's tables out there. And pray about it. Talk with your spouse or your significant other. And I would encourage you to make that next step. Dear God, we love you, and we thank you so much, God, that you created us for community, that you created us for friendships, and Lord, that all of us need friends, all of us need connectedness. And God, I just pray right now, Lord, that we would be able to, uh, to take the courage and, and, and take the leap of getting into a relationship. Lord, for those people who may be in a communion group right now and just, just not connecting, God, I pray, Lord, that you would just help them start opening up and sharing 
that void in their heart. Um, God, I just pray, um, Lord, that you would allow relationships to deepen. And Lord, that you remind us that this is a slow, gradual deepening of relationships, Jesus Christ. Lord, we thank you so much, Lord, that we can have an intimate relationship with you. And Lord, I pray for the men and women here at One Church that we would find relationships with one another. For it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.